Hello and welcome to Enchantment, a Dragon Age Let's Play podcast. This is episode 108, part 2 of Enchantment Inquisition. Uh, to remind you all from last week, last week was part 1 of our Inquisition character bracket. And since we cut these into two parts, we did not record a proper intro for the episode. So that is why I'm here to lead you all into where we left off, which is the second round of matchups which will consist of the winners of the first round going up against the characters who got a buy into the second round, which are our returning characters. So as a reminder, the winners of the first round were Cole, Solus, Vivienne, and Dorian. And they're going to be uh, facing off against some combination of Cassandra, Varric, Liliana, and Colin. So enjoy this episode. I'm Brandon. The other person is Manny. <laughs> and you will hear us right after this. Please enjoy the episode. Um, but now we are at round two. We are at round two, and we're, like, it's gonna go quicker because we don't have as much to, like, talk about Break for the down. first time. But there are a few people we are talking about for the first time because yeah. all of these rounds have a bi person in it with our winners. <laughs> and so. by bi, we don't mean bisexual. Well, um... Oh, some are bisexual. Is Cassandra bisexual? I don't remember. But this person definitely is because we have Liliana. Yes. And Cole. Oh so, boy! Okay. Cole's against Liliana. Um, let's let's go through Liliana's um ending first because we did not get to talk about hers. We where is it? Okay, yeah. So our ending: she is divine. Mm-hmm. She allows priests of any gender and race to be ordained, and returns the Canticle of Shartan to the chant, who's the elven guy who was written out of history. Mm-hmm. In our ending, she is inspired as opposed to steeled because we helped her see things in a more compassionate way. And so Liliana is resolute. Um, there are several unsuccessful attempts on her life. And she used that as motivation to believe that she is on the right path mm-hmm. against people who are less, you know, open and accepting. If she steals, then the rebellion faltered. Um, most believe it collapsed due to infighting, but some believed Liliana engineered its fa- failure. Oh, boy. And the rebellion disappeared into obscurity. So... In the steeled version, the rebellions were sort of like quashed, whereas mm-hmm. in the inspired version, they're sort of there, but Liliana doesn't let it get to her. So there's like good and bad in both. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a very specific outcome. Oh. When she's divine and romanced with your Dragon Age Origins character. Oh. Well, actually, not even just that. If she's divine, romanced with your Origins character, and your Origins character is still alive. Okay. So in that case, she continues her open affair with the hero Ferelden, even as divine. Mm-hmm. The hero Ferelden was often seen at her side, and eventually she decreed that all members of the Chantry would be allowed to have romantic relationships. And she pointed to Andraste, who had a mortal spouse named Maferath while serving the Maker. So, you know, we all should be able to as well. Yeah. And she said that love is the Maker's best gift and is infinite. Oh. Beautiful. So, yeah. So, the hero Ferelden making uh, an appearance here, if romance with Liliana and alive. 
mm-hmm. and inspiring her to allow love for anyone, which That's is beautiful. Wonderful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, if not divine, Liliana continues to act as the spy master for the Inquisition. Many f- believed Liliana feared what laid on the horizon. And it says she prepares her successors, Charter, Rector, and Harding, specifically naming them for the challenges ahead. Oh. And I looked it up. Harding, as we know, is Scout Harding. Yeah. Um, And Charter apparently appears in Dragon Age books and comics post-Inquisition. Mm-hmm. So it's potential that Charter will be a character moving forward. I, I could definitely see Charter... I, I don't know anything about the books or comics yeah. that are post-Inquisition, but just from reading that, I feel like Charter potentially, like, one of your opening party members as a rogue. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. the Inquisition sent this person to recruit someone from Tevinter, and now they're your party member. You know what I mean? And they yeah, have ties yeah. to Eliana. I could totally see that. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then there's an additional one that you only get if Leliana is not divine and was killed in Dragon Age Origins. <laughs> Let's go. So it says that like in the time after Trespasser, Liliana became distant and contemplative, often secluding herself in the rookery, which I guess is like, is that where the crows are? I don't know. I guess. With none, with none but her ravens for company. One morning, the residents of Skyhold awoke to a great beating of wings and vast clouds of ravens blotting out the sky above the fortress. Those who investigated found the rookery and Liliana's chambers were vacant with only a single message as an explanation. The lyrium sang thought into being. Now time is stale and the melody is called elsewhere. Until I am needed, I am free. Is Liliana like a ghost? So <laughs> it seems to imply that, did we mention this? That like no. she survived because she was like around the ashes and like yeah. the spirit is a very spiritual place. So I feel like this implies that like she's either like a ghost or a spirit that's sort of like either allowing Leliana to live or taking on Leliana's personality to like continue her purpose. Mm-hmm. And I guess now her purpose has been met and she disappears. That's what it seems to be. Okay. Interesting. At least now it makes sense. They explained for... it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I get this does not happen to be like reiterate this only happens if she's not the divine and was killed so i guess if she is the divine she's still this ghost but feels that there is more for her to do she's a ghost pope she's a ghost pope (laughs) which is which would probably be very scandalous if people knew that but (laughs) that's but uh that is still secret in this timeline yeah did no people wonder like didn't (laughs) the hero for elden kill you like in that it's outcome like, shush, 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 shush. like i survived with the power of the spirits helped me survive i feel like she would say something like that she would but, probably uh, say some shit like that yeah um and it wouldn't like be like the yeah. hero ferelda needs to be killed for what he did if not already dead <laughs> if not already dead <laughs> there's just so many branching options here yeah but it's so interesting that they did like do something to sort of explain why she's around yeah but yeah that is liliana okay and we already went through Cole. And we already went uh, through Cole. So now let's do humor. Humor. And this is like within the confines, at least in my mind, we're grading specifically about her presence in Inquisition yeah. for me. Yeah. We're not going to go into origins. Yeah. It's like, oh, she sang the song and it was funny. Like, I don't, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't include that. Okay. 
I'm going to say I'm going to give it to Liliana and I will tell you specifically why. Okay. It's that one scene where yeah. she's very, where she's threatening that nun. <laughs> <laughs> you and know that was prey on Fridays. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, shut your pretty little mouth. Oh, did she say that? <laughs> that was very intense. And I was just- I was laughing. So, like, I, I, there's something about Liliana. The the, the thing she says uh, yeah. when she's like super serious, or like, mm-hmm. I think it's so funny. Yeah, because it is. It's very like holy, like it's very intense. Yeah, and yeah. But I feel like do I don't know if she was intentionally written to be humorous. Like, um, like she has that moment, which I think is supposed to be like, whoa, Liliana, and you're supposed mm-hmm. to want to like steer her away, and then um her moments in the future where she's mm-hmm. like tortured and so like i feel like her presence in this game is very serious and like hardened you know steel yeah. as it's described yeah. um i can't think of many intentionally funny moments with liliana in this game and she's like grieving from the divine's death mm-hmm. like i can't think of anything intentionally funny while i do agree that she is does have funny moments to us yeah I don't know. Like I feel like for me, I feel like Cole is Cole's fun. funnier. Cole, Cole's I feel like he has fun. more funny moments. There was the Whereas, moment where, where when he decides to be a spirit, he's just fucking like bouncing from everywhere. Where he's like <laughs> teleporting everywhere. He's like, Psh, hello. Psh, and it's like, yeah. my God, Cole. And very like annoying. Kept him <laughs> as a human. <laughs> yeah. Also, I like everyone else's um how the funny things everyone says about Cole too. Like, I'm pretty sure yeah. Vivian despises... Like, he's a demon. He's a demon. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, for me, Cole? Cole is funnier. Yeah, because if it's it's just that one moment with Liliana, there's nothing really else that she says um, that's intentionally funny. Yeah. And I feel um, like Cole's humor is more inherent to his personality. Yeah. Like, it's tied to his yeah. story. Yeah. So I would Although say I would, Liliana's, I guess. I, I would Liliana's agree. Story with in this game is about like overcoming hardship. Yeah. I w- I would agree with you then that Cole's a little is funnier. Okay. Okay. So Cole, congratulations. That was a close one. Yeah. Um, skill. Oh well, Leliana is very. I mean, they both have really good skills. But this the is fact hard. That, the fact that Leliana like can work in the shadows. She and is like whenever Liliana has an idea, it's like always the right one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's always very effective. She fucking sn- didn't we use her to get Tom Rainier out of jail? No, we used Josephine. We did. I thought because oh, what was her thing? Like her like thing was, was gonna... to replace him with someone else and let that person be executed. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, but like she she gets her shit done. Like she does. She, she has all these connections. She has all these. Like if you if you are not so moral, mm-hmm. like Leliana's the person to go to. Yeah. Although we do like part of her story is that we try to steer her toward morality, more, like moral ethical approach. Yeah. But she is. Yeah. She's she's very impressive. But then I can't forget Cole has this unique ability that so, feels so personal and special. Yeah. To like heal people's pain. Mm-hmm. So and that's like, something that's something that not everyone can do. Yeah. Well so like while I really appreciate 
And th- that's the other thing, like Leliana's evolution to becoming a spy master. Mm-hmm. Like in the first game, she was a bard and she did have skills of being a bard, mm-hmm. but it was much more like small in scale where it's like yeah. she's good at fighting and manipulating, getting what she wants. Yeah. But then in this game, it's like she's taking that to a new level where she's the head of an organization. Like she is doing this in a network of spies that she yeah. controls. Like that is so much. It's taking what we already knew about her skills in Dragon Age Origins mm-hmm. and then like her skills have grown so much. Exactly. Yeah. So that also makes it interesting. Oh, I don't know. They're both so they're both so unique. Neither of them are just like strong. You know? I will say this. I feel like Cole's skills are a lot more interesting mm. because they're not like anyone could be a spy master. Anyone could be a really good spy master, but no one can be <laughs> Uh, empathetic spirit who could remove the pain of people yeah that's true like theoretically in the same way that josephine was a new character you could have had someone just like and this is our spy master and it could be yeah yeah and they could serve the same purpose whereas cole is very unique Mm -hmm. that's true i would give it to cole okay i'll give it to cole but i like both humor and skill were very close yes so it's so interesting to me that this might be our closest one yet. Yeah. Is next story? Um, well, next is relatability, but okay. I feel like we've been tending to do story first. Yeah. And then relatability of that story after. So mm-hmm. let's let's do that. All right, story. So we went through Cole's story, um, with him the the dilemma of him being either spirit or more human. Yes. Um, and then we have Liliana's story, which I would even say, I kind of want to give it to her. And I'll, I'll tell you why. I feel like yeah. it's a lot personal. Um, I know it we is. only we want to keep it only in the drag, like what happens in drag, Dragon Age Inquisition. But we have that prior experience with Liliana. Especially yeah, I, with think, her. I think what I mean about keeping it in Inquisition is like, I don't want to give her humor because of a funny thing that happened in Origins. Oh, okay, what I mean. okay. But like okay. her story builds... From- from what came before yeah. it so i would include that yeah like like you have this relationship that she has with um i'll say sister patrice but um <laughs> <laughs> maybe she does i don't know maybe um but no with um with um dorothea, dorothea. <laughs> yeah. and to see that carry into this game with the loss of dorothea knowing that we saw her in liliana's song yeah, Knowing she's grieving a character that we know she has a strong relationship with. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And now having to deal with, you know, a crisis of faith in a way. Yeah, that was very interesting aspect to her story. Mm-hmm. And Where she's also, like, why would the maker do this? Yeah. Like, if the maker's real, why would he allow his most faithful to die? Exactly, yeah. That was very interesting. And then also going from there... Um, as she says, you know, she is steeled and then, you know, her going, us pushing her into the right direction to becoming, you know, the replacement of Dorothea to become the, yeah, the, the divine, like, the divine. And that that's very true. Like she was steeled. And I feel like maybe this is veering into relatability, but like she was steeled, not just because that's just her personality. She was steeled mm-hmm. because so much tragedy happened in the time mm-hmm. between origins and now. Yeah. And she's trying to like, she she's like almost lost faith in the world. Yeah. And she's being more ruthless and trying to get what she wants because she feels like, 
like so much hardship has turned her this way. Yeah. And then we help her see like a brighter path and that she can enact the change that she wants to see. And and I feel like that story borrows from the past and borrows from what came in between these two games mm-hmm. and also fits really well with her character that we've known throughout. Yeah. It's yeah. I and, and then also you just see her start off, you know, before she joins the Chantry, you know, her life of crime, her life of mm-hmm. of all that stuff to her becoming like the Chantry saved her. Or really, Dorothea saved her and she joined the Chantry. To her now being the head of it and enacting changes. um, I feel like she wanted to change the Chantry in the way that Dorothea and her viewed the Maker and stuff. Where it's more, I feel like the Chantry as it was before was very, very, you know, structured and conservative. Yeah. And now she's turning it into something. Into something more open and something more inviting and more loving yeah it's more like it's it embodies the values that it's supposed to be embodying yeah Yeah. and something interesting about liana's story is that like not only does this feel true to her entire experience Mm -hmm. but liana's also and this doesn't count like I, i wouldn't put this as like why i'm giving her story but it's just an interesting thought is that like other than someone like solace who like obviously was around millennia ago I feel like Liliana's story spans the longest, like the longest journey of the series, because yeah. we saw her pre-Origins, we saw her in Origins, Dragon Age Two, the middle span, and now like here and beyond as the Divine. Like I feel like yeah. her story has spanned the the, the longest most. journey. I, I would say like she's probably like one of those characters who you'll probably keep seeing as like a main Dragon Age character. Like I would have thought yeah. that Alistair was gonna be. That kind of person, even though we didn't get, we kind of did get Alistair, but he wasn't like such a big yeah. part of the story. He was just kind of there. I feel like Leliana is not like a glorified cameo. Le- like Leliana is part of the main Dragon Age yeah. cast. Like she will always be important. And I feel like yeah. in the next game, she might have an Alistair type role because mm-hmm. she is divine and Tevinter is not under the divine. So she's yeah. more of just like the leader of some other outside organization but she also like it seems like she's you know she's still involved with the inquisition and the inquisition is involved with recruiting so we'll probably hear about leliana as a higher up in the inquisition and she will probably have ties to i i I still like now i can't shake the feeling that i feel like charter is going to be a companion (laughs) this random person that i've only just heard about but i feel like we're going to hear a lot about her maybe Mm -hmm. similar to how alistair is yeah but but point being like like you said, I feel like she will always be a figure in Dragon Age. Yeah. Not like someone like, I don't know, Aveline, who like we hear about her, but it's sort of like she's in Dragon Age 2 and then she gets mentioned, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I would give, I feel like we basically got, I mean, honestly, if you were to end Liliana's story mm-hmm. here, I think it would be satisfying. Me too. Uh, like where if we don't hear from her like she's just a background character that we hear like how Abilene and like those characters yeah. get mentioned this would be like I would be comfortable this is the last time we hear of her yeah we'll just like, hear like Divine Victoria blah 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 yeah you know? like I feel like her story is complete like we saw the end the beginning of it like this is the the logical end for her story I agree and it's a very good ending yeah Um, if she wasn't divine I feel like it would be more ambiguous because then it's like she's sort of the spy master she has all this work left to do yeah. And she still kind of is, but it feels more final, which I like. Yeah. Um, um, so, 
I, cool. I would say, yeah, let's let's give it to Liliana. And then Cole, we already talked about his story, but with, yeah. while while it is good and interesting, I, I think Liliana's Yeah. Is I feel stronger. like we need we need a little bit more for Cole to get to the Liliana's story. Yeah. Level. <laughs> level, yeah. Um relatability. Now this is interesting because I feel like Cole, we've already talked about how I feel like Cole is very relatable in like the way he copes with his empathy and feels Mm-hmm. responsible for like caring for others mm-hmm. liliana's i think is relatable in how she's processing grief yes and how she feels angered by the state of the world mm-hmm. and while that is she's not like giving up she's motivated to move on but she's doing so in a way that feels more authentic to like authentic how it's like it's like someone who's been pained and wants to like move forward and is like willing to cast aside her ethics because the world feels like it's not rewarding ethics and morality yeah i feel like that is relatable i would say i would i would give this to liliana because her story i feel i feel out of all of them feels the most human Mm -hmm. um she's going through grief she's going through you know the pain she's gone through so much yeah um and to you know she you could see that at any moment she could just break down she could just you know yeah give up but the fact that she overcame all of that and used that pain for good um mm-hmm. it, it just you know it's a much more relatable story i would say yeah and cole cole's i feel the set dressing of cole's is a little bit more fantastical yeah for many like i know yeah like he has a lot of empathy and all that stuff and having to deal with that yeah but, but L- liliana ma- magical I, like yeah, in nature I, I feel like liliana's is more universal yeah um everyone has to deal with grief at some point yeah Um, especially now like i feel like this was written like a decade ago so it's obviously not analogous to like current day events but i feel like something that feels universal is that i feel like a lot of people are unhappy with the state of the world no matter what Mm -hmm. their opinions of how it should be is (laughs) yeah and i feel like her experience in this game feels very authentic Mm -hmm. to a lot of people's experience in the real world And, and also um Again, considering that we knew her prior to this game, when you see her in this game and she is acting the way she is and she's very much more ruthless, it's a noticeable change. Yeah. And yet, when you learn about how she's grieving for the divine and whatnot, it still feels authentic to her character. Yeah, it makes sense. Different from what comes before because there's such a human core to the reasoning. Mm Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a reversion of her character or anything for the sake of it, but it feels yeah. like it's rooted in that relatable reaction to everything mm-hmm. that's happening. Yeah. And and like you said, that she's also having like a like a crisis of self, like of faith and her relationship with her faith and why would they make her do this? And I feel like that is a very relatable struggle for a lot of people who yeah. are spiritual in that way as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think this <laughs> is the deciding factor and I think this should go to Leliana. All right, so relatability. Well, that's not the defining factor, Manny. Oh, Cole got humor and skill, and Liliana got story and relatability. Which oh, X factor. Bonus star, the X factor. Oh, oh, fuck. Which, okay, Liliana, like we said, she appears throughout Dragon Age. This feels like a great culmination to a story that has spanned the entire series. Mm-hmm. But Cole has. I think is more unique. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's a character unlike one we've Any- seen before. Yeah. 
And we've also seen him in a book prior to this, which yes. is also very interesting to be like, whoa, like here's Cole, this character that I knew, and now I can see his story grow even further. So I feel like he also has points in this column as well. Yeah. What do you think? <sighs> That's the thing. I feel like, oh God, this is hard. Like for me, I could see how Cole could win X Factor. First of all, his he's he's new, he's from a book. Yeah. Um, his powers are something that we haven't dealt with before he's a different right even his personality is something we've never had to deal with before i feel like we have to detach ourselves from the the like our relationship with liliana because we've had experience with her we know who she is yeah um but i'm trying to remove that history we have with her mm. and basing it only on her in this game that's um, fair for the x factor so if you really i feel like Cole should get X Factor yeah. because I mean Yeah, this kind of relates to what we said a little bit earlier where it's like Liliana is very like we love Liliana, but her role in this game could be a new character it if you're just be. like this is the spy master, whereas Cole is extremely unique. Yes. So I do see I feel like that is an X Factor sort of mm-hmm. bullet point. I think yeah, I think it should go to him. Okay, so I, and I, I'm comfortable with that too because I feel like Liliana made it far in the initial bracket. So I'm like, yeah, let others shine, Liliana. Exactly. <laughs> you, you, you finished your fucking story. So <laughs> you, you had your flowers. <laughs> You're the divine. There should be nothing that you should be sad about. I mean, there are people trying to kill her. True, but still. <laughs> All right. So Cole advances. Congratulations, Cole. Congrats. Congrats. Next up is Cullen versus Solus. <laughs> this might be very quick, but this okay. is going to be like very different than <laughs> what we just went through. Which yes, is more uh, like much more to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you know. I feel yeah. like Cullen is. It's interesting because we dislike Sarah more, but I think Cullen. I find less interesting. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would say Cullen, you know how we view Blackwall before his storyline? That's Mm -hmm. how I view uh, Cullen throughout the entire game. Yeah. I I mean, he's not quite on the same level of boring as like Sten. Yeah. But he is kind of boring. He's like like his most interesting thing is like giving up Lyrium. And his JT hair. And it's JT Hare, but I feel like for me, like among all the other characters, he's probably more like, okay, especially the fact that we saw him before. Yeah. And even that's not enough to like bring him up because it's it's yeah. a character we've seen before in smaller roles. So it's not yeah. like even that's like you're not super borrowing a lot from the past. Yeah. Although, I mean, you are like he mentions his past and how it's hard yeah. and like he always ends up in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm hmm. But, but um, I also feel like you could replace Colin with any other Templar or like military esque style character that we've experienced before. Yeah, and nothing would necessarily change. And it's similar to Liliana. Like I feel like his role could be fulfilled by someone else. Like he feels like he's just like a warrior who can lead, mm-hmm. but his experience in the past brings a new dimension to it. Like yeah, because he has the strained relationship with corruption among the Templars yeah. and with mages, like corruption among the circle. And then he wants to give up Lyrium. Although I guess any Templar could have had that storyline, but yeah. point being, I feel like um 
it is enhanced by the past, but like the core of his role, even down to giving up lyrium, like I feel like yeah. even that could have been filled by someone else. So yeah. Anyway, uh, would you like to talk about? Uh, yeah, let's endings? talk about his his endings. So, um, if he ends, oh, so well, our ending is if he's not taking lyrium and the Inquisition remains under the Chantry. Mm-hmm. Colin continues to serve to protect the divine's interest and expands treatment for Templars whose minds were like corrupted by lyrium. So he helps people get off lyrium. What we didn't get is that if romanced, um, this will help them like him and the Inquisitor spend more time together. And mm-hmm. uh, you can only romance Colin as a woman. So it's like, you know, in this role, they get to spend time together and still be together doing good things. Mm-hmm. If he is taking lyrium at the end of the game, no matter what the Inquisition's, uh, like, end state is. Mm-hmm. He will announce his retirement. He will leave. Um, if the Inquisition does no, no longer exist entirely and is disbanded, he will receive offers from other people to, like, lead their whatever, but he will refuse them. He's retired. Um, and there will be no signs of him for a year. Mm-hmm. And then a year later... Says Scout Harding heard rumors of a Ferelden man begging for lyrium <gasps> on the oh streets no. of Valshavin. Oh no! And he was going mad from the withdrawals. And um, she said, uh, "It says Harding approached him, and he barely remembered himself, let alone her." And oh, that's it's, sad. It's unclear whether Harding gave him coin or a knife to end his mir- to end his <gasps> misery. But whatever happened, it's clear that Commander Cullen was gone. Oh, no. So, definitely the wrong choice to say to keep taking Lyrium. Oh, God, no. It's very sad. So, he just ends up, like, on the streets, like, going mad. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. It's sad. It's very sad. And I, I probably should say that for last, because it's like, anyway, <laughs> back to other ones where he's not taking Lyrium. <laughs> if he's not taking lyrium and the inquisition is disbanded he will retire from active service and he will create a sanctuary for former templars uh oh. to help them give up lyrium addiction and uh he will do so on land that is granted to him by the divine no matter who the divine is i don't know why i thought you were about to say on land and sea no, like on like, land <laughs> and sea and sky he will invent the airplane <laughs> no um he will do so on land granted to him by the divine, no matter who the divine is. Um, and even uh, if their lyrium addiction is too far gone in the same way that we just talked about, um, then he will at least make sure that their last days are in comfort. Um, mm-hmm. If romanced, then if romanced and there's no more inquisition, Colin, then this all happens and Colin and the Inquisitor will retire together to a private life unburdened by service and they will do good deeds like in their own private way Mm -hmm. so that's nice okay and there's also apparently an ending where the inquisitor and colin can get married (gasps) oh wedding i I feel like this is the only character that has like a marriage option we couldn't Um, even get that with freaking josephine no i feel like it's gotta happen though yeah but yeah if if your inquisitor marries colin then it also mentions that you meet his siblings and that they were overjoyed to meet their new sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. Aww. So um, that's how Colin's story can end. Okay. And then, again, he's going against Solus. 
<laughs> which just oh. feel, like it feels so like unfortunate to be like all those nice things like so sad so meaningful and he's against solace which just solace the, like the, the the next big ca- oh my god it's like the titan against like yeah like some, well like, okay character. well 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 i think we can give um cullen some points here um, yeah i i would give cullen personally i'd give yeah. him humor yeah, I think so. I think Colin has humorous points mm-hmm. in that he's like the he's trying to be very professional and mm-hmm. you know, like like <laughs> like, like I would say like even remember that like um that moment with Josephine when they're talking and they're like it's like oh do you know ever wonder what's um beyond the the map no yeah but <laughs> I, I don't think that's tied to his character I feel like anyone could have said no. Uh, but I don't know. I just found it funny with him. That was funny. I feel like that's more of a Josephine humor point than yeah. anyone else. But um, but I mean, he he has moments. We play chess with him. Mm-hmm. He, he got throw, naked. He throws something against the wall as we enter, just like yes. Chop Junior. He uh, we play chess and we let him. Did we let him win? Um, no. I think no. We decided to play honestly because the truth is beautiful. <laughs> that oh was yeah. That episode. <laughs> But he did lose. We did have that like um that game that like where everyone played together. Oh and he yes, lost and he and got naked. Yes, for all the ladies out there, I guess I don't know. Ladies, the men too, Brandon. We can yes. only romance Colin if you're a lady. Ah, but uh, we could watch. I feel like the ladies prefer him more than the men do. Uh, I, he he is kind of dull for gays. He's very like, I don't want to say bland, but he's very like basic heartthrob yeah character you know what i mean like he's the one you bring home to mommy exactly yeah he's not yeah he's the very simple yeah type of person but But uh, i think but i think the fact that he's so bland and all this stuff happens to him yeah that's funny they they use that for humor yeah Mm -hmm. while solace there's nothing there's nothing funny about solace solace has nothing funny about him at all no He's his strengths lie in other categories. Exactly. Such a skill. Uh, yeah, <laughs> such a skill. So uh let's just go ahead and give humor to, to Cullen. Yeah, I I agree. Um what's the skill like the most humorless section? Yeah. <laughs> most humorless uh, matchup. Yeah. Uh s- skill soulless. The fact he's a fucking he turns people into stone. He, he killed Flemeth. I don't see Cullen Flemeth. doing that. Exactly. Um, and he's the dread wolf and he could, you know, what's a good skill? He could paint. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't see any artistic value in you, Cullen. <laughs> That's true. He can paint. Cullen. Yeah. At least Blackwall like whittles with wood. Cullen probably has some like fucking like paintings of like horses, like on a mountain. Maybe. <laughs> But it's like not great. But it's like good. It's, it's good. It's like it's like it's, it's like better than I could do. But it's not like <laughs> yeah. Like he no he, he no he didn't paint them. He bought them at the store. He bought them. At the store. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like Colin. Like yeah, he's a leader. He's a warrior. But it's not in any ways that seem more impressive than what any old yeah. Templar could do. Stevan like, was Templar. Stevan was a leader and a warrior. Yeah, so like what? I feel like Stevan could. Yeah, like it's Cassandra could easily have a been million the... times be in this role and probably do it better. Yeah, <laughs> I would honest. say so. <laughs> but you know, Colin has his strengths too. But yeah. I think skill, it's got to go to Solus. Like he, I don't see Colin freeing slaves. <laughs> I'll say that exactly. 
<laughs> um. So yeah, skill, soulless, story, uh, soulless. soulless. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Colin has. I, I mean, Colin, Colin has like he was has this history of being tied up in corruption with the Templars, working under Meredith, corruption with the mages, being in the Ferelden Circle when that all went to crap. So he does bring along interesting circumstantial stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's only really ever used for like flavor conversation. Yeah. Whereas Solus obviously Yeah. Just look his... at him. Just look at his story for Christ's sake. Solus is the hook for the next game. Exactly. Know? What Colin is most likely he'll probably be here and there if he shows up in the next game. But he's Maybe. not important. I mean, there is a chance that he dies on the street. That's true. Like, I could definitely see a cameo, like, if Colin's alive, we'll mention him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I don't I don't see him having, like, even among the Inquisition people, like, Liliana would be mentioned. The Inquisitor himself will be mentioned because Liliana has, like, her agents. Yeah. Colin, like, he leads the forces of the Inquisition, which at this point mm-hmm. are, like, protecting the divine. Yeah. And if you see Inquisition forces at any point, you can understand that they're being led by Colin, but mm-hmm. like it's he himself does not. I don't see him playing much of a role moving yeah. forward. Yeah. While Solus, y- y- we know Solus's story. It's big. It's grand. It's crazy. He's right. the winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, relatability. Okay. You know what? It's still going to go to Solus probably, but <laughs> I could see how people relate to Cullen. Um, yeah. his problems his struggles he has lyrium is basically drugs yeah i can imagine people and, who have been through addiction in their lives mm-hmm. finding relatable aspects to colin's plight yeah and potentially inspiration given that he's someone who overcame addiction mm-hmm. and in his endings where he does so creates means to help other people do the same i feel yeah. like that's a really relatable and inspiring well, well, now aspect to say, a story. Yeah. Well, now even saying that, Brandon, like, because now I'm really thinking about Solus's relatability and thinking about Colin's mm-hmm. relatability, which one do you think is a more universal message? Yeah. Yeah, th- that's true because we've said this in the past, like in the previous round, Solus has a very human and personal motivations. But similar to Cole versus Liliana, Solus is more magical in order to get there, whereas Cullen's is much more real and, like, raw. Yeah. And similar to Dorian, I feel like it represents a type of relatability, like a type of struggle that is not always portrayed in gaming. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe, you know what? I think relatability could go to Cullen. I, I feel like yeah. Solus's relatability... While it is there, and it is a great basis for yeah. why his plans make sense yeah. and why he's almost like an anti-villain, mm-hmm. um, I don't know that it's as like raw. You yeah, know? it's not as as as, as a, much of a universal message theme. Yeah, that. But yeah, but Collins is in a way that it could happen. Yeah, like, it could it, happen. Like, yeah. It sheds light on an experience that some people might not in a way that they could still yeah. relate to. Like, I don't have... I, I, I'm i not going to end the world to bring my people back. <laughs> right. But I could have an addiction. 
that's something that could happen to me. That's something that, yeah, that's something that happens to real people. Yeah. And even if it's not something you yourself go through, you can still see it through this character's eyes and use yeah. that as a way to you could see the, you could see the empathize pain. with others. You yeah. could see the the pain of that uh, and how that could happen. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, you know what? Yeah, give Cullen relatability. Oh, look at that. We talked ourselves into it. This is why we have these conversations. <laughs> um. So yeah. that means two for Cullen. One of them being humor, which was like you're lucky you got that. But anyway, yeah. two for Cullen <laughs> and two for Solus, which means it comes down to X Factor. Okay. Um. So, uh, Solus is the Dread Wolf. He is the and he's the big thing of the next game. He and is. everyone's he made, talking about Solus. Everyone, everyone's talking about Solus. He made me angry. He made me upset. He made me confused. Yeah, evoked a lot of emotion. He kept drawing after every fucking mission. So yes, he has more artistic skill. So you know what? X Factor. If this were the real X Factor, <laughs> him drawing <laughs> would him he would win for the for that artistry alone yeah but i feel like if it were an audience vote i feel like the audience would be like oh cullen like he'd be a heartthrob but i would vote no for no cullen would just do like um like like a little like stupid trick that he doesn't necessarily know how to do like he's he, like he cullen would go for juggling and Are he's about really America's bad got talent uh, yes well isn't that x what x factor basically is? i thought x factor is only singing no 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 x factor is i believe you could you could sing but I believe you could do other talents. You could do other talents? Oh, I thought it was just singing. I anyway, think so. I, I never don't really know. watched it. Um anyway. Um yeah, I would say this goes to Solus. Like like yeah. I I said it prior, he's the hook for the next series. Like you see Solus and it's like shit's happened. It's just going yeah. down. Yeah. Whereas Cullen is more like, yeah, he's here. I'm sure a lot of people like if they had romantic interest in Cullen, were probably like, Oh my god, I love Cullen. Like he's so cool, he's so hot. <laughs> but I don't know that for me, that is the X factor that I'm looking yeah. for. <laughs> and you know what's another X factor? Solus is bald. Cullen, the man with all the hair, lost to the man with none. Well, when you style it that way. I mean, it's much better styled in this game. But yeah. when you style it with the curly ramen noodles for two <laughs> games in a row, Cullen. Come on. Get out of kinda, here. That's almost like he had the S factor and gave it away. Like if he had the ramen noodle hair for this... Then I would be like, you know what? It's like, you know what? I'm proud of you. You are interesting. <laughs> but it's like he gave that up to be more bland. Mm. So. Soulless advances. You know, that Solus. was close. You would have thought that was going to be very easy. That was very yeah, close. Yeah, that ended up being much closer than I thought. It's because of that humor column. <laughs> it's like, Solus, <laughs> like, what, what do you have? Anyway. Next round is Varric as our returning person, as our bi person. <laughs> <laughs> versus Vivienne. Okay, you might be shocked, Brandon. You might be I, shocked. I know. I have. I have you a feeling where this will you, go to. You know what this is, Brandon? This is me versus you. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I'm going to talk about Varric's ending, and I think Varric's ending is indicative of how this will go in general. Okay. So this is Varric's ending, and then I'll talk about why I feel that way. So Varric's ending in general, um, which is what we got. He returns to Kirkwall as Viscount. He rebuilds the damaged infrastructure and returns it to being a major trade hub of the free marches. And he did so with the help of Hawk, if Hawk is alive. And if not, they don't mention that. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's the only ending. It's the same no matter what. And if Hawk lives, they add Hawk as an extra blurb. 
Yeah. And the reason I feel like that's indicative of how this will go is because I feel like Varric's strength lies in the previous entry. Yes. And while he does have stuff to do here and he does have an interesting relationship with Red Lyrium and with Corypheus, you know, leading us to Corypheus in the last game, mm-hmm. I feel like he's more closely tied with the events of Dragon Age 2 in how he's interesting. Mm-hmm. And even in this ending, like the fact that there's not any branching kind of shows that like there wasn't much you could do to influence where his story goes. Mm-hmm. And the place he lands is back in Kirkwall from the previous game. Like it's almost like the game also associates him more with Dragon Age 2. Yeah. It's like now he's Viscount of Kirkwall, which is like bringing him back to that place. That place. Almost yeah. like that's where he belongs almost. Yeah. Like what I would say is I, I agree with you 100%. I feel like Varric, I'm sad to say, is like. <laughs> I know, I know. I love Varric a, too. Is like a waste in this game. <gasps> oh, I didn't know you were going to say that. Never mind. I don't know. <laughs> no, because I, I would say this like. He feels like the character that Bioware has decided to be the character who's going to represent Dragon Age going forward. Because the fact that he's in the trailer, he's the voice of the trailer of the next game. For the Dragon Age 4 trailer, which I would not expect. I would not expect him to have any involvement based on this. I feel like he's that character who's going to be showing up all the time because he's like the fan favorite. And you don't want any harm to happen to him. I feel like he is the safest character in this entire franchise because they're not going to want to harm him because he, everyone likes him so much. Yeah. He's the comic relief. He's, you know, this charming That's guy. That's so true. It's so interesting that it's like the face, and I totally agree with you, but it's so interesting that he's introduced in the second entry. But I agree that he sort of has that status of like, like who doesn't love Varric? He's the narrator of Dragon Age 2. Like he's always had this big presence. Mm-hmm. And now he's back as a returning companion which is so rare like that only ever happened with anders yeah and now Varric, and, and now he... he's narrating a trailer when like judging by this ending i would feel like he has nothing to do with the next game yeah like he's not gonna be in the next game he's being yeah. the viscount he, they might mention him if they mention kirkwall but like yeah but like why is he there like and he even like even in the freaking thing he's like yeah i've got your back i'm like are you a companion again like he just and that's a, yeah and then they don't even show him continuing to work with the inquisition yeah he's just viscount doing his own thing yeah like it's not even like oh well he's still involved in the inquisition yeah. and i guess he still is but it does feel without that trailer as context i i would be very surprised to see him in the next game yeah he just feels like the safe character to pe- to keep on he's the comic relief that nothing bad will happen to which is almost unfortunate yeah because I would rather not see him if it makes more sense to not see him than mm-hmm. to see him because it feels like he's been placed there. Yeah. Because we like him. Yeah. And I don't d- know. I'm judging that, based on the narration of a trailer. But. Well, no, no, but that's why I say because the, he feels like a waste because what really does he add to the story besides, you know, introducing Hawk into the story? He introduces Hawk to the story. He, I will say he has an interesting relationship with Red Lyrium being that he was very... But even so, Tied like to discovering you, it, but that's still could, an event of the previous yeah, game. Yeah, you could remove him from that, and it wouldn't change anything. It's not like he brings yeah. something um, with his experience with Aurelian. When he kind of just mentioned, sort it, of like, like oh. yeah, it's sort of like what we mentioned with Colin, or what I mentioned with Colin, but like a step up, where like 
Cullen, I said, like, he brings in interesting stuff with his relationship to corruption and the Templars and stuff. And that's sort of just flavor text, whereas Varric also brings interesting stuff from previous games in his mm-hmm. relationship to Hawk, in his relationship to Red Lyrium. And at least in this case, there's also like a mission or two that comes out of it. Yeah. But it still does feel like he was plucked from the previous game a bit. Yeah, just to put him in here because and people even like, liked him. Yeah, and even when we saw him in the beginning and, and it's like, oh, Varric's here. It's like, why? Like, you would think he was interrogated by Cassandra and they went on their way. Like, I would not have imagined him to stay with them Mm -hmm. since they seemed like they were in opposition. Yeah. And yet, I guess, Varric stayed with them and was inspired to join their cause, which feels like something that could happen. But it's not something I I would have expected to happen. It feels almost like they said that, like they made that happen because they liked him so much and wanted more out of him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's unfortunate because I really do like Varric. Yeah. See, I love Varric. He's one of my favorite yeah. Dragon Age characters, for sure. But but it does feel a bit like he is here because we like him. Yeah. Okay, so to go through the rubric, which is okay. it's not a rubric. It's more like a checklist. Yeah. <laughs> okay, humor. Now, he, okay, here's the thing. Varric's funny. Varric mm-hmm. is unironically funny. I could fi- I, When he says stuff, I do laugh. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, his doesn't feel forced and, like, uncomfortable. Like, no, like, he, yeah. like I, I, you know what it is? Dorian's humor comes from his, like, his ego. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he's very, I feel like Varric's not egotistical. Varric's very down to earth. Yeah. And, and, you know, he could be vulnerable. He could be funny. And I like that about him. Um, especially, like, you know, when he mentions, like, what was one of the jokes? Like, that whole scene in Trespasser. Where he's like, oh, and give him the key to the thing and did this. And, 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 like, that was hilarious. That was yeah. so funny. Um, Vivienne. <laughs> we're laughing at her because of how fucking campy she is. Yeah. But is she supposed to be funny? I, th- I, I think, think she is supposed to be funny in, in some aspect, but not yeah. to the extent that we find her funny. Yeah. I, I feel like there are some things like Spa Day is definitely supposed to be taken as hilarious. Yeah. Um, there is something, though, about Varric's humor that does make me cringe a little bit. Like what? And it's the fact that he calls people nicknames that n- don't make sense. Like, sometimes he's like curly as Cullen because he has curly hair. But then he calls Solus Chuckles. Chuckles. And that's like, I'm like, you don't have to call everyone a nickname if it makes no sense, Varric. That's just him. That's just I know. Him, I know though. it's just him. But to me, that gets to me a little bit when it makes no sense. Oh my god! But anyway, <laughs> that's besides the point. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I find Varric like of all the ones who are intentionally supposed to be funny, I find Varric to be the funniest one. Yeah, I, I I agree. I would say he would probably win humor, even though I do find Vivian to be funny, mm-hmm. just because I feel like he's funny in the way he's supposed to be funny. Like I I would say this, I find I would give Varric humor, but the. F- the humor that we attach to Vivienne would give her X factor. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think he, here's the thing. I think in any round, Vivienne wins X factor. <laughs> yeah. For me. Yeah. I don't know about you, but for me, because like, we can't shut up about her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in every circumstance, we're always like, what about Vivienne in that situation? You know what I mean? Like yeah, she's exactly. someone who's very interesting to put yeah. in situations. Um, 
And while Varric has the X Factor, uh, this is for later, but he has the X Factor as of being from a previous entry, but because he feels plucked, it's not as impactful yeah. as someone who's been in a previous entry like Liliana. Yeah. Where she feels more um, like I, like tied I would say, to it. Yeah. Like I would say Liliana is her being a returning character. It's if she works in this game because it feels like the natural end of her story, <gasps> which is so or Cassandra. But it's so funny because Liliana was literally plucked from death. <laughs> <laughs> like if anyone has no business being in this, it's, it's her. <laughs> but like Varric, like his storyline's done. It ended in Dragon Age Two. We don't need him again. But that's the thing. Liliana was plucked from death <laughs> because it makes so much sense for her. Yes. Whereas I think Varric was plucked because he's liked but anyway um x factors later i do like for that to be at the end because it's a good tiebreaker so um if needed but skill between vivian and varic okay i'd love to hear what you because it sounds like you're in thought but i definitely have thoughts skill okay i mean vivian is an amazing mage amazing yeah. and i also feel the skill that Lily, that vivian also brings to the table mm-hmm. is her experience with the with the um orlesian culture yeah. and court and the politics and the politics i feel like varic i like i'm even just kind of tying into that mission varic is useless in a situation like that i mean yeah and let's not forget like speaking of like manipulation and leading an organization like he's the viscount and while he is doing great things for kirkwall he's like given the key to the city like yeah <laughs> like like vivienne when we're in that especially if we're in orlais she's very good and has amazing skills to deal with not even using magic just being in the court yeah or orlais and she's she's able to like garner favorable opinions of her despite being a mage yeah. which like everyone's afraid of and she still like rises yeah while like varic his skills he I, also I, is like a smooth talker he is a smooth talker he's very he's very i feel like everyone can get along with varic for the most part yeah um yeah um i do like the fact that um one thing that i liked um especially in that mission with cole is that mm. he's really looking after... He's very empathetic, which I like about him. Yeah. Um. He's like, I just want the kid to be more human. He, that's what he wants. He, that's, yeah. And you could clearly tell he cares a lot about... I, I feel like... But Varric, he didn't have the skill to convince us that he that did not have. Bad. He did not have the skill to convince <laughs> us. Um, yeah, I feel like Vivienne's skills are much more helpful political politically. Mm. But she also has skills that help us, you know, in battle. Some magic. And, like, yeah. Varric is very skillful in battle. He's a smooth talker. He's good at manipulating and writing. He has... Mm. We've been talking about art. He's a... He's, a he's literally an author. He can write... Well, from what we've heard of some of his books, it's a little, like, kind of well, on the nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I would say it goes to Vivian. Yeah. I would, I, I, would, I would give it to Vivian story story um ooh this is hard because i would say both their stories are not that great i agree i feel like both their stories are lacking yeah varix is more tied to the main story because he has a relationship with red lyrium and corypheus but is mm-hmm. that used not, not really it's not really used. i feel like is it interesting to think about but is it like is it like wow he must have this cool perspective and then when you talk to him it comes out but is it like does it okay. really come to I'm gonna give you 
who I think sh- it should go to. Uh-huh. I'm going to give it to Varric. And for okay. many reasons why. Okay. Outside, what does Vivian add to the main story of this game? Yeah, that's the thing. She doesn't. Again, it's, I feel like they're both more interesting to think about. Yeah, but I, but here's the thing. Varric literally brings Hawk into the story. <laughs> yeah, he literally brings her. Brings her into this story. Yeah. And Hawk does help with, you know, talking mm-hmm. about, oh, I have experience with Corypheus before. And she's helped that's us on, this, on different missions. And his relationship with Hawk in this game is a lot more interesting than what yeah. the hell is going on in Vivian's life. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. I definitely agree. I think that makes sense. I think I'm heartbroken because I'm looking at how this is going and I feel like Vivian's not going to get it. But <laughs> I, I agree. I think Vivian's story is more interesting when you look toward the future. Mm-hmm. Like if the circle versus college of enchanters becomes a thing. I feel like that will be interesting yeah. for Vivian. But like looking at Inquisition, I do think, yeah. Well, yeah, when you put it that way, when you include the fact that Hawk is being brought along in addition to his relationship with the main conflict, I think Vivian is an interesting character, yeah. but I'm not sure that her narrative uses that. Also, I feel like whenever we bring Varric to some place, I feel like he has more to add to what's going mm-hmm. on in the situation than when we bring Vivienne. Like, Vivienne's very good at the Orlesian party mission. But yeah. when you bring her elsewhere, I feel like she doesn't add much. While, like, Varric mm-hmm. does speak and says shit. Um, yeah. And he brings, I feel like, you know, Yeah, I feel like Varric adds more to the story but vivian adds good stuff as far as like perspective yeah but not to like narrative yeah yeah i would agree i would agree okay so varic gets story mm-hmm. next up is relatability this is where we this is where we where we break brandon i already know there's gonna be a deciding factor because it's it's relatability and x factor yeah. So, like, Vivienne needs this if she's going <laughs> to continue to the next round. And I really would love to see her continue to the next <laughs> round. But is she... She relatable. Relatable. It all comes based off your life experience. I yeah. wonder. I guess. Well, so, we already talked about whether Vivienne's relatable. Is Varric relatable? I would say Varric is relatable. I would mm-hmm. very much say Varric is relatable specifically about i would even mention that relationship with hawk um to be someone to lie about where she has been especially that the inquisition mm. has been trying to find her but he is protecting her because that is his friend his friendship and, with hawk is very relatable yeah and then mm. also like one line the line that he says where he goes like you guys have done enough to her um, um and that yeah. is and that is so i just got very like goosebumps just saying <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and that he's very protective is, over he's hawk. very prote- very protected over hawk and especially also that relationship between him and bianca the dwarf not the gun not the <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes the person <laughs> the person um where you could mm-hmm. see that relationship you could even without knowing what the relationship is you could fi- you could you can sort of feel, feel it. what what it kind of is yeah um, yeah, I think that makes sense. Also, when you consider, I've mentioned this already, his relationship to Corypheus, really, like, yeah. that aspect to, like, it's, it makes it interesting to think about how he feels and his guilt. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is also, yeah, I think, yeah, I think his relationship to the story, to Hawk, I think that is very relatable. Yeah. And we sort of said it before, like, as much as I would love to see Vivienne continue further down the list, I feel like 
she's not very relatable. I think you kind of have to like stretch to make her feel more relatable and yeah. her strengths lie in other places. I, I feel like if you had more time with Vivian, if you got to see, well, we did see a very vulnerable Vivian, but it was very too late. In- and even then it was like, you're this guy's mistress. Yeah, and, and, and then also by saying, it's like, oh, everything that was wrong with him was was masked with... <laughs> that's stuff. that's not relatable. That's funny, though. That's humor. It's funny. It's hilarious. That, that, see, that is a good way in which her poshness and her, like, status is used for humor. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I feel like Varric is, is more relatable. For I sure. think Vivienne, if used to her full potential, she might be more relatable and might have a more mm-hmm. interesting story. But I'm not sure that she is. Mm-hmm. I, I I just feel like as a person, Varric's story and his relationship with others yeah. trumps whatever Vivian's has. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, let's give that to Varric, which means Varric has three of these categories. And last one is X Factor. Which would have gone to? For me, Vivienne. Vivian would have gone to Vivian because even my though, God. like you, like you said, like X Factor in the sense that Varric has become like the face of the franchise almost, which is really like fascinating considering he was in the second entry. <laughs> yeah, but as far as like my experience with this specific game, I would say Vivian gets the X Factor. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I mean, fucking look at what we've done with her. Look, look what we have made. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish Vivienne could have gone farther. It's so but sad. You know what? She she went far enough. She went far. And you know what's funny? This is the first round yet where the person who won X Factor did not win the round. Mm. Yeah. Because each time the X Factor winner won. But yeah. not, not today. I was about to say, and Varric's the first returning character to move on to the to next move round. On. Yeah, he is. You only won one right. You didn't earn the spot, Varric. <laughs> so anyway, but here, but here I'm gonna be bitter we... about this now. <laughs> Stupid rubric. No, uh, this makes sense. <laughs> okay, next up, we have the last round of round two, the last matchup of round two, which is Cassandra versus Dorian. Okay. Um, would so you like to hear how Cassandra's story ends? Yeah, let's go through the story quickly. We are already almost I at know, three hours. I know, we're like almost at three hours. Um, I will say, Cassandra, for me, is a really good contender for this X Factor because the fact that she went from like being a har- the harsh interrogator slash, like not narrator, but like you know, that having that presence that she did in Dragon Age 2 to being a companion and seeing her in such a different light is such a cool yeah. progression. I love, and I, especially I love her her little giddiness when she reads a book. Yes, it's so like you would never expect that from her, but it makes yeah, it's so endearing. Anyway, uh, so her endings, um, if she or well, our ending is when she's not divine. She remains in the exalted council, advising the divine on important matters, and mm-hmm. when Liliana's divine in our ending, um, while they disagreed, they shared a mutual respect. Mm-hmm. And then she also spent time rebuilding the Seekers because we also did her personal quest to rebuild them. Mm-hmm. Moving on to things we didn't get. If she is the Divine, she continues her reign as Divine, rebuilding fractured alliances, and her efforts were successful, giving Thetis um, peace for a time. So mm-hmm. it says it says specifically for a time. <laughs> um, if she's Divine and romanced, 
Then it says, though she cannot marry, she remained close with the Inquisitor, and their romance became the subject of songs about the woman who went to the maker, leaving behind the man she loved, but glancing back and smiling to see that he was still there supporting her. Mm -hmm. So I guess that answers the question that she's not bisexual. Um, (laughs) Because it does specifically mention man. Mm -hmm. Um, If she's not the divine and she is romanced, then... It says that she and the Inquisitor are often separated by duty, but found time to be together and worked together to restore order to Thetis. And those who knew her from her earlier days said that they had never seen her smile so much. Oh, <laughs> which is that's very cute. nice. That's and cute. speaks to that sort of thing that we mentioned about how this game, even though we're not romance to her, but this game shines a light on this like personality yeah. aspect that she's been so hardened for so long. Yeah. Um, Also, uh, there's one more thing, uh, which I probably could have mentioned before, but if she's not divine and Vivienne is the divine, unlike where Liliana, they disagree and have mutual respect, with Vivienne, she grew disgusted by Vivienne in how (gasps) she handled the chantry. (laughs) Cassandra feels that Vivienne is perverting the Chant of Light's intent, and for that reason, she leaves the Exalted Council and sticks with the Seekers. She's perverting the chant of light. Yeah, so Vivienne is not handling the chantry in a way that is true to the chantry's teachings. Whereas, like, Liliana, while they disagree, I think she sees the good in Liliana. Yeah. And, and like, her, you know, good intent. But Vivienne, yeah. she's like, you are not running this the way. It's like, this, this lady be. wants power. She doesn't want to help. Yeah. <laughs> so that is the possible endings for Cassandra. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So, humor. Humor between, uh, again, this is Cassandra against Dorian. I would like to give it to Cassandra. Wholeheartedly. I would give it to Cassandra. I feel like there are so so much funny moments with Cassandra. The whole scene where she's trying to beat the shit out of Varric. The whole... (laughs) And it, like, cuts to the scene and it's just like... (laughs) (laughs) It's like wrestling him against, like, a table. It's like, you liar! And then also... um, that scene in Trespasser where she's talking to Xandrian, it's like oh, t- talking about thinks... the whole, yeah, it's like, how are you going to propose? Or like, it's like, I'm yeah, your friend. And all that, that, that is stuff. Nice. Um, I do, I think Cassandra, in like a macro sense, like zooming out, I feel like her character is the best, I want to say in this game, but potentially in the series thus far, thinking back, like I feel like she's the best version of, of the stoic character yes being given humor and yes. like sort of tearing away that stoicism as opposed to like you have characters like Sten, like Aveline. I think Aveline's probably second best, where it's like they have that like hardened, stoic, strong exterior. Yeah. And given like humorous moments. And Aveline you do see the humorous personality in like mm-hmm. the date and stuff, like how she handles romance. But I think Cassandra does it in the most consistent way and the most funny way while also being really true to her character. Like you feel like you're learning about her as opposed Mm -hmm. to like retcon, you know? Yeah. I I think also, I I just love all her interactions with Varric specifically. I feel like they're, they're a great comedy duo. I still don't think that they are romantically entangled. Fine. They're not going to be romantically entangled, but I feel like they're, (laughs) they're two friends who like to, like just fuck with each other not like yeah in sexual they're like way, frenemies like, they're like frenemies exactly 
like, like they do like, care about each other like they they definitely do care about each other and um like they would be the one who would like be mean to the other one but as a mm-hmm. joke and that is i mean even though this was off camera so to speak but varick did choose to go to i'm just realizing something totally random but i'm gonna finish my thought he did choose to join the inquisition after meeting cassandra so Mm -hmm. you can say like clearly he was inspired enough by her cause to join her even Mm -hmm. though they have this antagonistic relationship yeah so even though that's off camera you can like surmise that about their relationship something i totally random that i just thought is that we always talk about how you never see scenes where you're not there Except for, like, sometimes in Origins with Loghain. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the Inquisition. this Inquisition where you see Solus and Flemeth. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally forgetting an extremely important time where you don't see things from the lens of your character. Which is Varric being interrogated by Cassandra. Oh, yes! And in that case, Dragon Age 2, this is totally unrelated, but Dragon Age 2 is almost not from the lens of your character, but it's more from the lens of Varric. Yes. Speaking for your character, which also speaks to how close their relationship is that he's able to like truthfully portray everything she went through mm-hmm. because they're just so close. Except for the fact that, you know, the the hero for Elden is a female. Yeah, well, <laughs> those, you know, those, editorial those... artistic <laughs> license. <laughs> but uh <laughs> that's that's also a great happenstance to explain <laughs> away inconsistencies. He's just not well versed in the history. <laughs> But uh, I just thought of that randomly. But point being, back to Cassandra, mm-hmm. I think going from first seeing her as that hard interrogator yeah. to seeing her as this like humorous character, even though she was introduced in Dragon Age 2, I feel like we learned so much more about her in Inquisition, more possibly than any other returning character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we're talking about humor. In a way, that's humorous. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I think, you know, just everything, um, like Dorian, like, as I said with Varric, I feel like mm-hmm. Varric is the, like, the one who's supposed to be intentionally funny, who's actually funny. Yeah. While Dorian, like, I get a couple of chuckles, but sometimes I cringe at his, at, at his humor. Yeah, it's, it's hit or miss. He yeah. has his moments. And he has his moments where it's like, you can tell that's a joke, but it's not super funny. Yeah. But like, um, every intentional funny moment with Cassandra. Lands. Like it, it's just so funny. I agree. I definitely agree. Now that I'm like th- looking at the list, I feel like Cassandra has a Could good be. shot. Yeah. Like when I think, like when you consider the relationship we had with her prior, and how that's utilized so well in this game. Hmm. But um. Anyway, moving forward to skill. Here's here's the thing. I feel like Dorian has magic, but he's like he the has- least. Of the magic ones that we he have. Is, yeah, he's not the most... He's the least impressive of the magic people. I feel like Cassandra is the most impressive of the people of her archetype, of the warrior people. I would even say... I would say so. I feel like... Like, oh, like if I were to rank the warrior people, like, yeah, mm-hmm. freaking what's-his-face, Blackwall, bottom, for sure. Bottom. <laughs> there's, there's nothing really special about him. Iron Bull and Cassandra, I feel like... Cassandra for also her the status of where she's at. Yeah. Um 
and she worked very hard to get there. And she's a great interrogate, uh, interrogator. <laughs> she is. She's yeah. That's um, true. We so saw that's her another skill in this of game hers. and the previous game. And I mean, she was there at the beginning of the Inquisition as well. So it's not like someone we gained, um, like Iron Bull. Like Iron Bull, she basically created it. She yeah. like she's the reason the Inquisition exists. Maybe even more so than Liliana, even though Liliana was right next to her. Yeah. Like I, I feel like Cassandra pushed for it. I think based off just that, she should fucking get skill. She she <laughs> like she starred this whole thing in the beginning. Um, yeah, and even despite, and this more goes towards story, but even despite the Chantry telling her, like this is heretical, what you're yeah. doing goes against the Chantry, and she's like, no, this is this is what's right. Yeah, it's like to have that strength is really especially impressive and strong and willful especially for someone who is so devoted to the chant of light Um, yeah to still go against it for what she feels is right is like that must be really difficult that's probably why she she agrees with liliana or like she taught like she even respects her because like liliana's going against you know the the normal teachings of the chantry but she knows yeah she could respect that you know it's something that her intent is is in the right place yeah, and she can tell the difference between yeah. <laughs> when Vivienne does it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And going back to skill, I feel like that tenacity, like that, it's not ambition, but it's like that willpower to do what's mm-hmm. right despite the societal, like, organiz- structure mm-hmm. telling you it's wrong. Yeah. Despite really, truly caring for it, I feel like is really, like, inspiring. Yeah, and impressive. In addition to the fact that she's a really good warrior, and I mentioned this before, I feel like she could do Cullen's job. Oh, she could probably. She like, should have had Cullen's job from the beginning. <laughs> like, I love having her on the field, mm-hmm. but if I were to just think about like putting them next to each other, I feel like Cassandra deserves to have higher standing in the Inquisition. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like even in the beginning, I think Iron Bull asks like, "So who's in charge here?" Mm-hmm. And this is before your Inquisitor, and you can say like I'm in charge, or like Liliana or Cullen, and one of those like Cassandra, you know, like even though yeah. she is like she's not an advisor, but she's she's sort of like the founder. Yeah, like you know what I what I always like when we started the game, I always thought of Cassandra as one of the advisors, like I, because she was always yeah. in the room as well. Like I like I thought of her as more of an uh, of an advisor than um, Josephine. To be honest, when the game started, yeah, at the very beginning, yeah, like when Josephine came out, I thought like, oh, she's just like you know, she she's like the person in the court who, who types, yeah. Um, but then once we get to Skyhold, that's more scaled back, yeah. Like once you become Inquisitor, I guess, then it's yeah. sort of like her status is sort of relinquished to you. I but guess, she's well, she's why. even there. Like when we when she we do that little ceremony thing, she's the one that starts it off. Like like isn't she the is one she? who talks? I think she talks to us while we're walking up the stairs. I think that's her. I wonder if she, like, was the previous, like, almost leader of the Inquisition, mm-hmm. and then now it's supposed to be her, like, handing that to yeah. Xandrian. Yeah. But, yeah, I do I, I do love... And she's, like, she's the one who is, like, on the ground interrogating people, trying to find Hawk. Yeah. Like, she... That is such a cool thing to see her grow from and that's more story but like skill wise i feel like she built something really important yeah which is skill to me i would give uh, yeah i she gets skill cool yeah i would agree 
and then story. I think we already kind of delved into that with skill, why she should get story. Yeah. I, I feel I mean, like she is mm-hmm. much more important. I know Dorian, we had more experience with him, especially in those that mission that he gets introduced to. But like mm-hmm. Cassandra was there from the beginning and she is integral to the whole story of this game she's the one who starts the inquisition she's the one who you know yeah i feel like she's the one who believes in the inquisition more than anyone else yeah i think we've used this analogy before maybe it wasn't last season i think it was last season we used the same analogy where like on the movie poster cassandra gets a big face yes we did and dorian gets he's one of the people on the side doing a action pose you know like dorian while he is interesting to think about his relationship to, to Vinter and therefore like the Venatori and he gets a mission where we've been saying like other characters should get this too. Yeah. I feel like he's a really good example of how the, I don't want to use this word, but like secondary like companions, you know, like the yeah. optional companion, even though he's not optional, like he's a great example of how they should be handled. But mm-hmm. Cassandra is a, like, she, okay kicks the whole story off in a way that's interesting yeah and in the way it relates to her history and her beliefs she's like the first character that we see really after that whole opening sequence yeah because she's interrogating us and it's like she's interrogating us again yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and to see that progression from the hardened interrogator to this person who has moments of vulnerability and who carries the story forward and builds the inquisition the only downside i would say for story is that that gets scaled back a bit and it, it does becomes, get, uh-huh. she does get scaled back once we after skyhold she goes it does scale back like she's yeah. not as involved and it becomes less about her relationship to the main conflict and more about like i want to rebuild the seekers yeah which is tied more to this inquisition history mm-hmm. so it's like she stays more about the inquisition than about like the main conflict um, but you know, I I still would say she has the more interesting story. Maybe yeah. if she became divine, I would feel like it was more interesting. Yeah, but I preferred Liliana as the to, divine. But that's not same. to say that Cassandra would not have also been a very yeah. interesting choice. And I I would even say Dorian's story is optional because we could always have got, gone with the Templars and got Cole's as that that's true that mission. and then dorian would be the one who just showed up at yeah. haven to be like oh shit like these people are coming to kill you <laughs> look <laughs> I, I don't know why this is the voice we're using yeah remember cole was like look <laughs> that's like, what, would dorian have done that like they're coming to kill you look look <laughs> and it's like that's corypheus and a woman i've never met <laughs> Uh, and a bunch of mages and a bunch of mages so i think it should go to cassandra because her story starts from the beginning she's Mm -hmm. integral to you know the existence of the inquisition itself so i would agree which which means so that means she won cassandra already got all three against dorian but let's continue relatability Hmm. it's a hard one it's a hard one I could relate to Cassandra in a way. Or I could yeah. see people relating to Cassandra in a way. Her convictions. Yes. Her relationship to her faith, I think, re- is very interesting. Her her giddiness when she... Yeah. I think that, that whole, like, 
and when she's reading the book, she's like, oh, that, he put me in the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, her, her devotion to her friends and her, her allies. Um, yeah. But, but for me, Dorian for does the same have reasons, a yeah. personal struggle that he's going through. Right. I still feel like that's a really important point of relatability to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the even though since Cassandra already won, I don't want to give her like, like everything. Yeah, I, well, not just that. I don't want to like spend too much time talking about these yeah. categories. It is. I still want to like think of the characters in that light. But mm-hmm. I would. I would say this goes to Dorian. Yeah, he does have much more of a a personal struggle than Cassandra. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I would agree. And uh, what about X Factor? Hmm. I'll give it to Cassandra. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Cassandra. Okay. Because I feel like I had more fun times with Cassandra. That whole Varric Cassandra true. dynamic, her little obsession with reading and and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I, I find I find her character more engaging yeah. to to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's also very interesting and unexpected to see the character who was like this almost antagonist. Almost yeah. for the previous game, like she was the interrogator that you didn't quite trust. You felt like she was trying to wrestle information out of you, and now you learn her motivations, and she's a protagonist, and she's actually very righteous and noble, and yes. fighting for a good cause in a way that flies in the face of all the people telling her otherwise. Mm-hmm. I think that progression is a huge X factor for me. Like you would never have imagined the character in this light, and now, yeah, like here she is. You know. Yeah. Whereas Dorian, he Dorian's a really good contender here as well because of his impact, like we said before, in the real world. Like everyone was talking about Dorian and what he meant for gaming. Yes. But since we already gave it to him and Cassandra already won the round, I feel like I also want Cassandra recognized in this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So now we're so, at the, the semifinals. We are at the semifinals. Two rounds left. Let's go through this. Now, no more new characters to talk about so we can just go. Straight, Straight through, through. The conversations. Cole versus Solus. Oh boy. Humor. Okay. Humor at Cole. I because Solus is so fucking unfunny. He is. <laughs> um, this is an interesting one. Skill. Ooh. Because we keep giving we keep giving Cole skill. But Solus is literally an Evanuris. <laughs> he is literally a God. A God. Um, well, not and, literally, but he's uh, figuratively he tur- a God. He turns people into stone. He he can draw. He He's he, clearly has not only drawing, <laughs> painting, but he has, like, the draw of people. Like, he has all these elves willing to fight for his yeah. cause and fighting for something scary. <laughs> Sca- yeah. But something that people are willing to get behind somehow. I, I would um, say I would say this: the fact that he is a major part of the of what's coming next. He has all this power, even though he did fuck up <laughs> and caused. Fuck up, but shit. I, that's not that's that's Corypheus's fault. Yeah, <laughs> Corypheus had a Horcrux. How could he have known? <laughs> I, I would give Solus skill. I feel like yes, <sighs> Cole's skill is interesting, but like Solus is Solus. He's... I think if we give Solus skill, <laughs> I feel like I'm bartering. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Cole should get relatability. Oh, of course. No, Cole should definitely get, like, 
I, I would definitely give relatability to Cole. As I Cole, said before. Cole's skill lies in his empathy and his yes. uniqueness of his powers. And so because that is a reflection of his personal his personality and his like struggles and the way he interacts with people, I feel like that I want that represented in relatability yes. instead. <laughs> I, I would I would I would definitely give Solus skill and Cole relatability. Because there's no way I'm going to relate to freaking Solus. It's hard to. Like, I yeah. s- there is the human factor, but it's not... The there. relationship like, between the magical and the human is mm-hmm. more there present for Cole. Yeah. Because his magic is literally a, a based off emotion for the human yeah. emotion of it. Yeah. Um, story? Solus. <laughs> Solus. Again, Cole has a cool story with the human versus spirit. And Solus honestly played a role in that, so... So, and Solus, you just have all that backstory and all that mind, like, world-changing, like, yeah. revelations. It's cool. Yeah. And it makes me happy. Like, like we said, like, this story is blending the societal aspect of the story and the magical aspect of the story in, like, a really nice sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And I, I think... That is a testament to like Solus's role in yeah. the world. Yeah. And so, then yeah. X Factor. Hmm. What 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 are your thoughts? I think it's gotta go to Solus. I mean, sure, Cole is from another book and he's a spirit, which is cool, but well, Solus like, is also in a book, briefly. He he killed <laughs> that's true. He was like the cliffhanger of a book. Yeah. And he's also like he's the character that is going to he was like the huge biggest mystery for the next game. He has a hashtag. He has a hashtag <laughs> that you've been like wondering about since the inception of this podcast. Exactly. And I mean, not only all those things, but like, I, I feel like it- he also plays a role in in the same way that like Cole is a book character, and it's cool that he's part of our party. I feel like that mm-hmm. can't be understated. Like that is a yeah. that is a very unique thing that hasn't happened before. Yeah, but Solus is also like we've never had a party member. Sure, we've had people betray us, and we've had people like walk off into mirrors mysteriously, but we've never had a party member to then be like, "This is the antagonist now." Like, yeah, like, I, like I'm literally you. going to be against you in the well, next. Not necessarily game. betrayed, but like this. There's so much mystery with this character that's being unveiled, and they were actually like the villain this whole time. Mm-hmm. That that's something that we've never had. Yeah, and it gives us such. A relationship with a villain for the next game that we've never had either mm-hmm. so i feel like x factor should go for him in that sense even though for Cole sure does have some of those cool uniqueness qualities yeah um all right that means solus is the winner oh cassandra versus Varric. and <laughs> now we have cassandra versus Varric. this is gonna be basically the the written the the speech version of their fight inside that <laughs> yes um i have a feeling who might win this I have a feeling too. Humor. Cassandra. <laughs> I I agree. Like you said, I feel like Cassandra always lands and she's humorous in a way that we haven't had before. Mm-hmm. Skill. I Cassandra. I, I agree. Because <laughs> of all the reasons we've said. I mean, even before we were like, Varric, he has skill in the same way that everyone has skill. Like he can fight. Yeah. And he's the Viscount, which is cool. But Cassandra is skillful in, in a way that is so deep yeah rooted in her character and her convictions and that's i i really love that yeah 
story. Cassandra. Um. Mm, um <laughs> this is hard. I'll say this. I'll say this. Varric won story against Vivienne. And we said that it had to do... Well, both of them didn't have, like, super strong stories, but that um, his relationship with Hawk made for a really strong relationship to the story, his relationship to Red Lyrium and Corypheus. I think Cassandra has a lot of strengths with what we've already talked about, founding the Inquisition. I think... And her, you know, relationship with religion. And I think she also has some of the benefits that Varric has. I think her relationship with Hawk is yes. also very interesting. It, although she's never met her, like her relationship to trying to find Hawk mm-hmm. and now that she's here and how she reacts to that, yeah. I feel like also gives her some of the same relationship with the Dragon Age 2 references. I would agree with that. in a different way than most characters would. Because most yeah. characters, if they're in Dragon Age 2 and there's a reference to Dragon Age 2, there's like a one, there's a very simple tie yeah. But Cassandra's tie to Dragon Age 2 is different than any other character's yeah. tie to any other property. I mean, she literally was looking for Hawk in Dragon Age 2. And yeah. so f- and you kind of get in this game you get the the ending of that story. Yeah. Um and her reaction to it. And it mm-hmm. and what's funny it involves both Varric and yeah. Cassandra. <laughs> yeah. Um for the end of that story like Varric you could even say that the entirety of Dragon Age 2 is Varric protecting Hawk. Yeah. Um, and he's from doing the same Cassandra. thing from Cassandra. And then now he has to, like, you know, in order to help the Inquisition, he's like, well, I'm going to have to. He's bringing her to her. Bringing her to her. And she's pissed off because, like, basically he lied to her. Like, he knew the entire time yeah. where she was. Um, and despite and- all. And she's like, she's like, if you had just done this from the beginning we could have saved the divine like all the yeah. things that went wrong she is now saying like it could have been different if only this happened and and she was like it's your fault Varric. like and she says to us after like she's like you can't trust him he's a snake and he's yeah. selfish and when then really he's... he's doing it out of selflessness yeah i will say this i'm gonna i'm gonna give the point to cassandra and i'll tell you why uh-huh since she is she created the inquisition mm. and all of this is because of her. Yeah. And I feel like Varric's just along for the ride and only really gets in, like involved a lot more because of like the whole Hawk situation. Yeah. Like he realized I, that Cassandra yeah. was in a righteous cause and so he yeah. jumps aboard. Yeah. I feel like her creating this and then also getting that end of that storyline as well gives yeah. her a little bit of a push because yeah. it's because of her actions that these events occur. Yeah. And it's also cool like this interrogator from the previous game who you might think was trying to find Hawk to like kill on behalf her. of the Templars to like we want to kill her for what she did. And then you learn that it's like, oh, it's for the Inquisition, which is the next game. Yeah. And now we see that come to light. It's like a yeah, I feel like that's a very cool progression for the story and a very cool twist. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would agree. But yeah. Varric also has, you know, good stuff here too. Yeah. It's very close. It's very close. I just feel yeah. like with her being the instigator of all the events that happened, like she started the Inquisition and all that. Yeah. Um, I think it just helps her a little nudge. Yeah. And that means that Cassandra has gotten three points. But let's oh. talk about relatability and X Factor for the sake of argument. Who's more relatable? 
I would argue Varric is more relatable. I think so too. I think Cassandra is motivated by more grand, like worldly, like this is the right thing to do. Whereas Varric is motivated by like friendship. Yes. And I think that is more relatable relatable. to normal people. Yeah. But you know, Cassandra also has relatability, of course. Yeah. Um, And then X Factor. Uh, I would I would give X Factor to Cassandra, um, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I feel like from the characters, um, returning characters, she probably has the most added to her store, like to her per- like. There's more added yeah. to her. Like Varric is the same from the last game. Yeah, that's true. Um, Leliana, yes, is added, but she's kind of the same, and you know her story ends. I feel like Cassandra. There's a, a good evolution. Um, yeah, Cassandra I feel like also has the most differences and I, I think i mentioned this before but like of the returning characters i feel like cassandra is utilized more in the most like interesting and like twisty expectation defying yeah. way plus she's the only one who has an anime so plus she's the only <laughs> one who has an anime which is extremely yeah absolutely yeah. how could we not forget how could we exactly forget and oh. the final round for our oh. winner is between solace and Cassandra. And I have a feeling of who's going to win this. And I'll let's just let's just let's just go. Uh, let's humor. Go. So humor. Cassandra. He, Cassandra. Solus is an unfunny little bastard. He he got really far despite not being funny. Yeah. Um skill. Well, you have the man who started this problem and the woman who built the institution. <laughs> who solved the problem. Oh, I mean, who started... No, I said who solved the problem. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, the oh. person who started the problem and the person who solved the problem. Yeah. Damn. Um, I, would, I would say this. To have Cassandra to build this, this like, art... Not art, but, like, this, yeah. like, this, this group of people to help... Yeah fight something so much bigger than them yeah that's true like solus caused the like this apocalypse for something beyond what anyone could conceive Mm -hmm. but not orlay or ferelden barely did anything (laughs) they did it she yes she built something that did more than kingdoms yeah exactly and even though yes she wasn't the leader of it after you know zandrian took up that power she brought him up there. Like, it's because of her. Because of her, he's in the Inquisition. Yeah. And I would also say, Solus similarly, like, began a revolution against the Evanuris, mm-hmm. who were, like, skill, like, if we're talking fighting skill, like, obviously Solus is, like, more skilled than anyone. Yeah. But uh, as far as, like, interesting skill that we can talk about, um, while Solus did similarly do that, and that is also like really impressive and cool and righteous. I think Cassandra's is more in line with the scope of Inquisition yeah. as a game, whereas Solus's is more of like the prologue to the future of the series. And, and I would I would even say this because yes, Solus is getting um, followers and all that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's getting followers because of the power he has, plus of what his mission is. Yeah, for a person like a normal like person, he's like Cassandra, like yeah, like he's Fenrell, he's a god. Like, of course, I'm gonna follow him. Yeah, but like Cassandra, being an ordinary person to build such a labeled a heretic, 
Yeah. Label a heretic. Have everyone kind of go against her. And to build this this army, this this organization. <laughs> the sect of religion. The sect of religion <laughs> that's become so huge to the point where the, it's rivaling kingdoms. And she did that by, yeah. like, with the help of others. But she was able to build something so huge by, by being a no one. She was a no one. Really? Yeah. Well, well like, she was the right hand of the divine. She but, was right hand of divine, but that's like it's not like fucking Fenharel the god. Yeah, I and I yeah I feel like it's more impressive for me what Cassandra did, and also more relevant to the main plot of Inquisition. Yeah. Whereas Solus, I, and I said this already, is more like it's going to come fully to fruition in the next game. Whereas yeah. I think Cassandra's skills led us through the current journey. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I would uh, say Cassandra. Yeah. Um, next is story. Oh, this goes to Solus. I would say Solus as well. I think while Cassandra has an interesting relationship to the story of Inquisition, Solus is the story. <laughs> Solus is literally the story. Um, I feel like what's Cassandra to come af- and in the background of Inquisition. Yeah, I feel like after a while, Cassandra kind of takes a step back in the yeah. Inquisition. Um, well, Solus is literally like the main cause. He steps up. <laughs> yeah, he steps up. And I feel up. like it's interesting because Cassandra almost has, or sorry, Solus's relationship to the story of Inquisition feels similar to Cassandra's relationship to the story of Dragon Age 2, where yes. Cassandra was the lead into Inquisition, where it's like she's on this mission that we don't know about, and yet she's mm-hmm. been here the whole time. And then that's the mystery that's going to come to light in the next game. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she's almost the solace of like Dragon of Age Ju- 2 in a yes, way. Yes, yeah. But she went from like villain, quote unquote, to hero. Whereas yeah. Solace is going from hero to villain. Hero to villain, yeah. So yeah, um, I, I, I would definitely give story to... To Solace personally. To Solace, yeah. Um, relatability. relatability. Uh, Cassandra. I would give Cassandra relatability. I agree. Um, I think her relatability is more rooted... And we've said this for other matchups, more rooted in the human side rather than in yeah. the magical side. Mm-hmm. Like um, I could relate, I could see why Solus is doing the way he's what he's doing, but the the magical like stuff around it um, is kind of preventing me from connecting in an emotional way. Yeah. While I could connect emotionally to Cassandra's yeah, plight. and it's so like like huge and fantastical like even if you're romance with him and even if you have that extra layer into the relationship like how are you going to relate to that it's like like cosmic level (laughs) separation from your lover it's like yeah it's like oh i can definitely relate to loving someone but them wanting to destroy the world and wanting to change him for the better you know what i mean yeah exactly it's hard to while you can imagine the human stakes and really feel emotionally to it it's not so in a relatable way necessarily yeah yeah well like you have like someone like cassandra who wants to do what's best for everyone and fight against something that's harming the world and her relationship to her religion i think is very interesting Mm -hmm. in a a similar way that liliana's was and her grieving and feeling like if only things could have been different Mm -hmm. i think that makes it relatable yeah and then x factor a soulless. I mean, just look at him. Just look at what he's done. I, I agree. I, I, feel I like will he... say that soulless became interesting because of a later revelation. True. 
Whereas in the moment, while it was somewhat interesting to be like, oh, he's this character who's an elf alongside us, and that gives him like some sort of um, like an interesting role. I feel like he was made more interesting after the story as opposed yeah. to like during the story. But I still think he gets actor. Yeah. I just yeah. I just think that's an interesting point to bring up. Yeah, I agree. And that means Cassandra, Cassandra wins. And yet again, you know, this is interesting. This is the this is the second time uh, this episode where the X Factor winner does not win the round, and it's the final round. Oh my god! Which means that Cassandra wins our character bracket for Inquisition. This is not what I would have guessed. This is not. I was not expecting. Her. I feel like Solus was an obvious mm-hmm. option, but I'm really happy with this after having talked it through. Yes, her journey this game was really interesting. Especially given that, like, for a returning character, and yet for her experience in this game to be so, like, unique yeah. to Inquisition. I love that the winner of this of this whole thing is the p- last person we hear from playing the game. Oh, because Cassandra like... is the last person in the, in the end credits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's also, I thought you were going to say she was the last person we talked about. Oh, no. Because no. she was, like, of all the people in the bracket, she was the last one we got to. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because that congratulations, Cassandra. Your gift bag will re- <laughs> will be sent in the mail to our winner. Now, now, Brandon, I have a very quick bracket thing that I want to do. What's very that? quick? Since this is the last, uh, the almost the last episode, I think we should finally rank of our three characters who yeah. is the best. And I feel like this is gonna be the easiest. Zandrian, Stevan, and, and Talia. Stavon. So Talia, <laughs> Talia is the winner. <laughs> are we ranking them, or are we just saying? Who I feel. Like I feel like we know. I feel like we should rank them. I feel like Talia's for sure is number one, and then Zandrian, <laughs> and then so, Zandrian. I, I would say Zandrian is number two, and then Stevan. I feel like Stevan feels so like he's the most like distant, bland. Oh. Like he's just the hero filling the hero role. Mm-hmm. Zandrian at first felt like that. Well, and that was one of our criticisms at the beginning was that yeah. Zandrian feels, and we never mentioned this in Story Retro, but he felt like just an avatar. Yeah. And then once we got into, okay, he's the Herald, he's the Chosen One, but they, they but he doesn't believe it. And the mm-hmm. fact that he's an elf adds so much to his own yeah. belief. And then he finds out truths about his religion. It's like his specific character adds more interesting elements than otherwise, which makes yeah. him feel more important yeah. as a result. And then Talia is is just the best. She's, she's amazing. <laughs> she's just the best character we ever came up with. Yeah, and she's so cool. She's been through so much hardship. Her relationship with her friends feels so personal. Yes. Whereas oh, this God, one feels I... like coworkers. Oh, that's good. I'm gonna miss her the most. I I, I really, <laughs> I really am gonna miss her the most. Yeah, I, 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 but I, I miss. I miss Sandrine too. And I miss it. Because you know what it is? I don't know about why Enchantment Season 2 has a much more emotional mm. connect. I have a more connect emotional connection with it. I don't know why. Maybe because this maybe because this is like, you know, this season's coming at a time where it's harder to get the podcast done. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Like it's the podcast is becoming more strenuous for us to just do. And so mm-hmm. it's like, as a result, maybe we feel less of a connection because we feel less ingrained in it and more like we're pushing it out. 
Uh-huh. Could that be why? Or am I? I don't know. I, I I feel like I just I maybe it's because I just like Dragon Age two as a game more. Yeah. Then I, I had a much fun more fun time. Yeah. With Dragon Age two. Although I did love Inquisition. I did have fun with Inquisition. Like like think about like all the characters we just talked about and all of these various like. I mean, look at what relationships and ways we just to had a fucking we just had a fucking Avengers Endgame sized fucking episode. Oh, I know <laughs> this is really long. But yeah, the fact that we could talk about it this much shows mm-hmm. that there's like lots of interesting stuff to talk about. And uh, yeah. we could have just blown through it and be like, Colwyn's humor. Next. Yeah, but, you know, but, but, we, but we really, I even felt like I think we even changed each other's minds by yeah. the introspect, like the things that we thought. So Because it's interesting. Yeah. I, and we I, hope you enjoyed, listener, dear listener. Yes. Um, hearing us talk about it all. Let us know what you think about our various takes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, we might as well sign off since this has lasted so long. Yeah. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at EnchantmentCast. You can email us at EnchantmentPodcast at gmail.com. Rate and review us, EnchantmentCast.com slash Apple. You can find us on Patreon where we're no longer posting new content, but that's EnchantmentCast.com slash Patreon. And you can find us on Discord, EnchantmentCast.com slash Discord, where for $1 a month, nope, that's Patreon, where you can talk to us (laughs) and others about the show. Um. Okay. Well, one guys, more episode. One more episode. I'm gonna then... miss this. Oh, this is gonna be. I feel like it's gonna. It's gonna definitely hit us the next one. <laughs> like next episode. it's gonna be right now where I'm like, oh, oh this, we're almost done. Like this is. But you know what the thing is? Is like we're almost done, but we also have to edit these episodes as well. We have so, a lot of editing left, but the yeah. fact that we're almost done recording, which is like the nicest part, like being able to talk with you through mm-hmm. like just like random conversation like i feel like this could like this podcast could be about literally any subject and i would have fun just because like like i'm talking about it with you yeah and the fact that this is this about to be the last time i get to oh do God. that is really sad i'm gonna cry <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be very emotional shit but we better, we'll we better get next time we'll take that after off mic we don't need people to listen to our emotions <laughs> no, we're talking about other characters' emotions, not real people's no, emotions. You guys, I'm not going to be vulnerable with you. No. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that next time. But until then, I'm Brandon. And I'm Manny. And this has been Enchantment. Thank you for listening. And enjoy the rest of your stay at Disney's Magic Kingdom.